I'm Cesar Rubio, five-time past master of Palm Springs Lodge number 693, and this is Masonic Muscle, where we focus on the strongest aspect of Freemasonry, a virtuous education of the mind, fortifying it with wise and serious truths, encouraging all brethren to increase their level of fitness one degree at a time, making exercise and study a cornerstone of your daily routine, because Freemasonry is work. When you put in the work, get closer and closer to the point within the circle. Masonic Muscle, we give you more light, but no light weights. We're here to pump you up, body, mind, and soul. Welcome back, welcome back. Before we get to today's show, I have a real quick favor to ask of you. If you've been enjoying the Masonic Muscle podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you took just one minute, just one minute, to give me a review on either iTunes or Spotify. It helps me out a lot. And if you've done that already, thank you so much. Please consider sharing the show with a friend or family member you think would get something out of it. Word of mouth is the primary way Masonic Muscle grows and spreads, kind of like Freemasonry should grow and spread, right? Just word of mouth, not soliciting, not to be one, ask one, and all this bull. No, word of mouth. So please share. Text a friend. Send out an email. However you communicate, tell them to check it out. Thanks for your continued support. And now, on to the show. You know what time it is. Masons from the East Coast to the West Coast. All those states and jurisdictions that use a cipher have you been studying your ciphers have you have you been looking into the inner apprentice fellowcraft and master masons study guides it's symbols it's history it's traditions it's practices if your state has begun any kind of leadership training or retreats have you signed up for those here in california we kicked off those already uh down here next month they will be down in southern california down here in indian wells on at the miramonte hotel come on down have you been digging into the mysterious origins of masonry have you been improving your spiritual moral and masonic trust boards Have you stopped making excuses and begun to improve the level of your fitness one degree at a time? Have you improved the quality of your nutrition? If not, why not? When would now be a good time to start this improvement of your body, mind, and soul and beginning to help your lodge prosper and get stronger? So the last episode, I finished off with a little bit about the history of weightlifting in ancient Egypt, or if they did, or if they did any kinds of exercises. I wanted to go back to something I believe I read. If I didn't, apologies. It said this. It said one of the most popular lifting techniques in ancient Egypt was sack swinging, which could be compared with the modern-day clean-and-jerk Olympic lift. To build their bodies, and also as a form of competition, Individuals would lift a sack of sand with one hand and keep it overhead for a period of time. A sack of sand. So this is, for any of you who have not yet tried 
you know, sandbag training, you got to try it. It's great. It's challenging. Uh, it's awkward because the sand moves. It's not a static weight. So you have to use your muscles that stabilize the weight to either do a rowing motion, lift it overhead. Uh, some people, like my buddy and I, we use a 45-pound sandbag to and combine it with a burpees movement because the sandbag has two handles on each side. So they're talking about a sack of sand, so sandbag. They did this in ancient Egypt, <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure that it didn't take long for them to realize that the more sand they put in a sack, the heavier it gets and, you know, the stronger you will get. And those who lifted the most was, were considered the strongest. Alongside these forms of weight training, we know that gymnastics was a huge, hugely popular form of training for soldiers and citizens alike. Using a series of bodyweight or calisthenics exercises, men and women would strengthen their muscles and improve their agility. Again, there's nothing new under the sun. They knew about this. You know, they may not have known about, you know, a, a grown adult man. You got to have at least 3,500 calories a day to help your body grow and maintain the weight and all this stuff and drink all the water you can. They just did it naturally. Whatever came naturally. And if they had clean water, obviously, and drink a lot of water. Um, and I'm pretty sure it dawned on some of them that, hey, the, the correlations, the more I do this, the better I get at it, the, the more uh, muscular definition I get. But that was in ancient Egypt. And we're combining this with mystery schools of Egypt because we are reviewing and understanding the 12 different theories of the origins of Freemasonry. And the second one being pagan mysteries. That Freemasonry derived from the pagan mysteries. And so I read from a book called Ancient Mysteries and Modern Masonry. It was written by Reverend C.H. Vale. This book came out in 1909, where it was put together in book form. Or these lectures were given... And then they were put together in book form. I believe where I left off was on page 39. And it says this. The initiations of Egypt are described by C.W. Leadbeater, a well-known theosophical writer, as follows. The candidate was attired in a white robe, emblematic of the purity which was expected, and brought before a conclave of priest initiates in a sort of vault or cavern. He was first formally tested as to the development of the clairvoyant faculty which he had been previously instructed on how to awaken, and for this purpose had to read an inscription upon a brazen shield of which the blank side was presented to his physical vision. Later he was left alone to keep a kind of a vigil. Certain mon mantrams or words of power had been taught him which were supposed to be appropriate to control a certain class of entities. Other ceremonies of the Egyptian mysteries are of interest. At one stage of his advancement, the candidate laid himself upon a curiously hollowed wooden cross and, often certain ceremonies, was entranced. 
His body was then carried down into the vaults underneath the temple or pyramid, while he himself descended into Hades or the underworld, that is to say, in our modern nomenclature, he passed on to the astral plane. Here he had been he had many experiences, part of his work being to preach to the spirits in prison. For he remained in that trance condition three days and three nights, which typified the three rounds and the intervals between them, during which man was going through the earlier part of his evolution and beyond descending into matter. Then after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, on the morning of the fourth day, he rose again from the dead. That is, his body was brought back from the vault and so placed that the rays of the rising sun fell upon his face and he awoke. This symbolizes the awakening of man in the fourth round and the commencement of his ascent out of the matter out of matter on the upward arc of evolution. And that was from some glimpses of occultism, page 73. It goes on. According to Peachman, the Egyptian mysteries had three grades, called mortals, intelligences, and creators of light. The mortals were probationary pupils who were instructed in the doctrine, but who had not yet realized the inner vision. The intelligences were those who had attained the inner visions and had become men and received mind. The creators or sons of light were those who had become one with the light, had attained to true spiritual consciousness. These three stages are called by W. Marsham Adams initiation, illumination, and perfection. This state could be attained while yet in the body and included the after-death consciousness as part of its content. Not bad. Pretty cool. And saying it that way, saying, oh, that's pretty cool, that's really not giving it the, the actual impact it has. Because in that time, in ancient times, preeminent men from all around the known world that had the means and that knew about the mysteries, the mystery schools of Egypt, would travel there and stay there for years in the hopes of being chosen and of being initiated into these mysteries and being a part of that. And then when they did, when they came back, they were never the same. And many of them started their schools. And it is known as well that they would not talk about what they saw, what they went through. First rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. These ceremonies were so impactful that it struck fear in the hearts of men. Others understood that I have gone through something that there are no words for. 
And therefore, the only way I can do it justice is to stay silent. And if someday one of my brethren, countrymen, were to go down there and then come back and have gone through those experiences, then I will finally have someone to talk to and engage in a conversation as to what this was all about. And a lot of Masons, since the beginning of what we know as Masonry back in 1717, 1730, 1740s, I've been talking about the connection between what is supposed to be experienced in the Lodge Room and what these ancient mysteries are talking about. Accounts that we have from men of renown, Isocrates, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle. Well, I believe one of them wasn't initiated because I believe he figured out the secret. And when he did, he just didn't take the initiation. He says, oh, that's, you know, now that would not even make sense anymore. I might as well not get initiated. I have come upon the secret of why and what's happening and what's the real purpose. And that's a whole other conversation. But anyhow, there you go. Right now, my oldest son is at Coachella Fest. I live down here in Indio, so I'm like right here. I can hear the music outside. It's been going on. All kinds of Coachella Festers are just flooding the valley, and especially this little section of our valley. All kinds of traffic. The local stores are packed. They're running out of beer and wine and alcohol and everything else. In and out, it just has this incredible line just to get an In and Out burger. It's bringing in a lot of money. They're bringing in a lot of notoriety. Be safe out there. And if you're a Mason, when the hell are you going to step up and jump into the breach? And become a Masonic leader. And stop following. And do what's got to be done. These strong sessions are calculated to inculcate in the mind of the novitiate the importance of subduing our passions and improving ourselves in Masonry. Feeding the attentive ear with the sound of the instructive tongue. Endeavoring to add to the common stock of knowledge and understanding, effectively spreading the cement of knowledge and wisdom, and hopefully some good will towards exercising. Get out there and get your walking in. Open up your ciphers. Study, memorize, and just do it.